Welcome to That's Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Cece Calbanero, and I'll be sharing stories of miracles, God moments, and unpacking the truth behind what joy truly means. My friend, when God gives you a direct call on your life, be sure to answer it. Here's to answering my call together. Hello, hello. Welcome back to That Joy. You guys, my voice is back. Hello. Praise the Lord. If you were here last week, um, one, let's talk about how epic of an episode that was with Taylor. Y'all are loving it. If you're new here, just go back to the episode previous to this one, right after you complete this one, um, and tune in because my goodness, she has such an incredible healing story and I don't know, just from the feedback that we got, y'all really felt something, like something shifted in the atmosphere when that was dropped, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Thank you for the prayers. I lost my voice last week, and it is fully back, and we are here. We're here. We're ready to go, and we're ready to bring you some joy, joy through this topic of combating loneliness and depression and what that even looks like as a believer and as someone who loves the Lord. So, you know what we love to do around here first, we love a little joyful noise. Can I just get a little snaps? Wherever you are, joyful noise is our version of good news. Like what are the good things that are happening? My gosh, let's get more of that going. This week, I have a friend in the text community, which by the way, you can join. Check out the show notes. She texted me a little joyful noise. And may this be the invitation that allows you guys to text me at any time with something good that's happening to your life. So I'm going to read what she shared. She said, I was having the worst week up until today, and I finally just broke down and came to God and begged Him for peace in my fear of failure. It had gotten pretty overwhelming this week, but today I felt called to just spend time with God. I'm currently going through Matthew and ended up reading Matthew 6:24 through 30. And after reading it, I just felt a rush of peace and relief that I do not have to deal with my struggles on my own. All my anxieties that I have been facing about the future are no longer mine to deal with alone. Thank you so much, Cece, for helping me lean into God's grace and for giving me the tools to further build my relationship with him. So long story short, don't need a part two, but God gave the answers I needed. Thank you for helping me know where to look. Courtney from San Angelo, Texas. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sending that in. It means the world that you guys take the time to type things up and I posted this on my Instagram last week too but just every note carries so much weight to me and I never want to lose the weightiness of that because I fully recognize like what an effort that is how much time you set aside whether it be one minute or five or 15 like I don't take that lightly because our time is just the most precious and valuable gift that we have on this side of eternity. So thank you, Courtney, for sharing that. And honestly, it 
flows beautifully into today's episode because we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how to not lean on ourselves, how to lean on God when we're not only feeling like the fear of failure, but also fear of being forever alone, fear of being depressed for longer than you need to be. Like we have fears, right? Lots of them. But when we read scripture and when we remind ourselves of who God is, we're then brought back to a place of being able to say, you know what? I, I can't do it alone, but with God, I can do anything. So let's talk about it. Now, why the topic of loneliness? Well, last week during our Bible study, Lisa Harper shared that she said a quote, and it may not be word for word, but it was something along the lines of this. And she said, we are the most digitally connected we have ever been in history, in, in the history of the world. Yet loneliness, depression, and anxiety are at an all-time high. And that really stirred my spirit, y'all. I, I just began to think about how many people are struggling, how many of you clicked this episode, potentially because you were struggling or you want to better know how to be equipped for the friends that you know in your life who are struggling with this. And I want to start by saying... I by no means am a medical professional and if you clicked on this episode because you're seeking professional advice, you will not have it here. This is a solo episode, but what I do want to share on this episode are just things that God has taught me, things that I have learned along the way, all based off my personal experience. And so um, I just want to start by saying that. And so if you're someone who is needing um, medical advice, please seek out a medical professional. Um, With that being said, I started looking just at like loneliness numbers and the epidemic of it. And I, I saw something on an article that read what is causing the loneliness of an ep- loneliness epidemic and this says contributing factors to the epidemic of loneliness may include changes of family structure and location longer lives with high rates of loss of significant others in old age a built environment fostering independence and isolation weakening of local institutions that strengthen social capital and so on and so on and then i began to look at well what what's the biggest population between who is the loneliness when it comes to age demographics and young people feel the loneliness the loneliest gen z specifically feels the loneliest There's a report that says, um, however, in contrast, the young report feeling lonely much more with 40% saying they have felt this way at least some of the time. The BBC loneliness experiment surveyed 55,000 people and showed that 16 to 24 year olds feel loneliest the most. Y'all, that's too many in my book. 
That's too many people feeling this emotion that we were never meant to feel. And I want to touch on this topic because I hope I'm speaking directly to you when I say that you matter. When I say that there are people that love you, that think about you, that think about the way that you made them smile, that think about the compliment that you gave them, that still think about the hug of your embrace. There's so much about you that I can't even share enough on a single episode. But you know who can? God. And I was reading in um, one of the books I recently finished, which is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it talked about this idea of isolation versus solitude. And I was talking to one of my friends um, who that actually has battled with severe anxiety And we just were unpacking this thought of just like, what does it look like to isolate yourself versus have solitude? And then I got reminded of a couple of things. And honestly, what stands out the most to me is that isolation doesn't carry fruit. Isolation does not carry fruit and especially does not carry the fruit of the spirit, which is peace. But contrary to isolation, solitude does. Solitude does carry fruit. And in fact, it does carry the fruit of the spirit, which is peace. And probably carries a bit more than just peace too when you find yourself in solitude. Now, if you're still a bit confused, I want you to think of the moments where you felt the most peaceful. The most peaceful that you have ever felt. Where were you? What were you doing? Who were you with? What did that week look like for you? Remind yourself and bring yourself back to those moments. For me, it's the moments coming off of my yearly birthday trip with my family. We've gone to Hawaii the last two years and we're going to LA this year. And I think about the moments after that and I'm like, man, I felt the most peaceful being surrounded with my family. I felt the most peaceful When my toes were in the beach and I felt the sun beam on my cheeks, I am the most peaceful when I'm sitting in quiet time no matter where I am in the world, where I'm playing a worship song and then opening up the word. Those are just a few of the many, many different moments where I find peace. Now you have to ask yourself, where where do you find peace? Where, where do I find peace? Because when you recognize those moments that are filled with abundant peace, that's when you're seeking solitude. Now, the opposite of that is this isolation piece, and I believe that it's from the enemy. I believe the enemy wants you to feel everything that is the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit, which is these things that are listed. It's the loneliness. When we're isolated, we're feeling lonely. When we're isolated, we're feeling maybe a touch more depressed. When we're lonely, we're feeling the anxiousness, the anxiety come over our backs and try to fill our minds. Isolation draws that. And when we are able to, you guys, define something, we could move better. 
And that's the thing, right? Like when you know better, you gotta do better. It's like when you know how bad a Big Mac at McDonald's is for you, you know that you shouldn't be having it anymore. But maybe growing up, you didn't know that. So you probably had it far more frequently than you do today, right? Same goes with numerous other different things that are just not good for you. When you know better, you can do better. And so I want to really draw out this comparison between isolation and solitude because friends, when you find yourself in a position where you're feeling a touch more isolated, and by the way, this is still me preaching to me. I am still always learning more and more about these things with y'all. This isn't me coming from arrived CC. It's coming from, hey, I learned a couple things. Maybe they'll help you too. And I've recognized that in the moments where I start to feel lonely, I have to raise my hand. And now I've been so blessed to be able to be surrounded around people who love me really well and can also recognize when things are a bit off and when I'm not being my best self. And it's not that they don't give permission for me to not be my best self because it's a little bit unrealistic to always show up as your best self, right? Newsbreaker, um, I'm Cece, the joyful podcast girly who's not always joyful. I hope that you know that and I really hope that you hear that because there are moments, I mean... Even a couple weeks ago, I just heard some really terrible news from uh, someone who passed away and it really wrecked me and I didn't fully process it. But when I did, I felt lonely and I felt sad and I felt just not my best. And it felt like the enemy didn't want me to call for help. But I knew the very thing that I needed to do was call for help. And so I called my boyfriend and I don't like asking for help. I like asking to do fun things. I like asking to uh, watch a movie, to make dinner together. Like I, I like doing those things. I don't like raising my hand and asking for help. And I know that about myself, but I know that I need to do it anyway. And there are many things that we know or we don't like to do, but we know we need to do anyway. Maybe that's even working out for you. I don't know what it is, but in this moment, I really felt like isolation was happening. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I need to call him. And sure enough, immediately he came over with dinner and we talked about it. And even just talking about it alone was so tremendously healing. And so I want you to recognize, are you feeling lonely? Can you reach out to someone? Can you raise your hand and ask for help? I know it's uncomfortable, but it's something that we must do because guess what? It's just like any muscle, just like any other thing that we grow into. We get stronger and stronger at it, at the awareness, at navigating it. We just become better. A beautiful example too, I I just recently also read this book that I want to do an entire podcast on, so I'll save the meat of it for then, but it's the relationship principles with Jesus, of Jesus, and it talks all about um, just how he would navigate relationships, and it reminded me so much of like what Jesus does when he in a situation of isolation versus solitude. And the book actually talks about this in Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, It talks about 
the moments where Jesus did seek out solitude. And one of those examples is in Luke 6, 12. It says, one of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. And it just goes to show you that we need moments to be alone, to be alone with God, but we don't need loneliness. You see, if there's two buckets, isolation underneath that falls loneliness. Solitude falls alone. There's a big, big difference that I really want you guys to grasp onto. The other thing is, is where I find myself the, the least lonely and f- the furthest from depressed, and I carry that and I say that name loosely because I know that a lot of people go through really hard things and um, there's a lot of weight to that word for a lot of people. But what helps me the most, stay the furthest from those things, is surrounding myself with people who leave me encouraged, who leave me feeling loved. Now, I also want you to just take a moment and have this mirror moment. And I don't know if you've ever done this before, but literally right now, just mentally think about a mirror going up in front of you. If you are in your home or in your car and you're not driving and you're able to actually physically look into a mirror, please do that. Because I want you to reassess what makes you feel the most loved. What makes you feel the most encouraged? Now, who makes you feel the most loved? And who makes you feel the most encouraged? Those things are so important to recognize, y'all, because if we are surrounding ourselves constantly and consistently with people who aren't doing those things, we're going to feel a bit more lonely. And we're going to feel a bit more sad and not our best selves. And sometimes, unfortunately, it even ends up being the people that we may be closest to. It may even be our family. But guess what? You have to guard your heart. And you have to position yourself in a place of saying, you know what? If there's five people who I am going to become a product of, how am I making sure and being on guard with those people being people who lift me up? People who encourage me. People who, when I leave encounters with them. I don't feel depleted. I feel filled. When you get this part now, and what this is like the, the tactical, right? The physical thing that you can start to begin to do. And by the way, if you don't have this yet, you better start praying for those people now because God is going to swing open those doors and those people will walk into your lives. But will you be ready for them? Will you be ready to love them well? Will you be ready to encourage them well and be that very friend that you want in them to them? Because that goes hand in hand. I think so often we, we're such a self-focused, self-focused generation, self-focused people because we live in this broken world. But we, we need to go into scenarios and go into relationships with the lens of how can I make them better? How can I encourage them more? And how can I love them well? Because when you do that, you guys, the floodgates just come back 10x right towards you. Rivers of love rivers of encouragement and rivers of everything opposite of why you might have clicked this episode i i just i want nothing more than for you to just feel so loved and for you to feel encouraged 
we did this practice at um, Bible study that I really want you guys to do. And if you got this far in the episode, consider this your homework and I am your accountability buddy. And we are going to use the text community to hold ourselves accountable, accountable, (laughs) hold ourselves accountable. Um, And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a moment, block out 10 minutes, just 10 minutes to think about what God says about you and to think about what God thinks about you. Because here's the thing. This is what I learned when I did this. I learned that God loves me for more more than I can ever begin to imagine. I learned that there are little things that the world points out as weird in me that that's actually God's favorite part about me. I learned and was reminded that my identity is in him. I learned that I am strong simply because he is strong. I learned that whatever I am going through is temporary and this too shall pass. And those are just a couple of the different things that I learned from doing this 10 minute practice y'all. But I promise you when you write this down, take 10 minutes, play worship music if you have to sit in silence if you have to invite the holy spirit into the moment with you and say god what do you say about me and just start writing if you don't know for sure just write it anyway you feel another knock on your heart write it down whatever it is just start writing 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 and at the end of it you'll end up with something so beautiful and beyond what you could have mustered up yourself and i'm just believing that over your time doing this very practice that that that's what's going to happen. And then I want you to take that card. And if it's something that you have to put up on your mirror or sneak into your Bible and read it before you start every single day until you firmly believe it yourself, then so be it and go do it. Friend, I just want you to know that we need you here that you need to keep going, that loneliness, depression, and anxiety were never titles for you to describe yourself or say, I am someone, my name is blank, and I have blank. That's not your story. We must believe different. We must surround ourselves with people who are believing different for us and then take the action that we can to go and and make the changes that we need to make. And invite the Holy Spirit into every step of the way. Because God wants more for you. He does. He doesn't want you to feel lonely. He doesn't want you to feel depressed or have anxiety. And friend, if for any reason you need another hand, the hotline, and I want to just drop it here in case anybody would ever need it, but the Suicide in Crisis Lifeline is the number 988. And if you need that, then use it. Friend, I love you so much. And I want to hear if this episode served you in any way, if there's something that you would like me to unpack more, I'd love to know what that is. You can shoot me a text to 615-813-4813. You can follow me on social at C-C-A-L-B-O-N-E-R-O. And that's Joy the Podcast on there too. If you haven't yet, friends, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It means the world, and it does wonders for podcasters. If you have even the smallest desire to meet the creator of the universe, friends, or if you've already been saved but you're not really free, I want 
to invite you to sit at the table of plenty with me and so many others. There is just an abundance here. There is an overflow here and there's so much joy to be had here. God is for you. He is for you. He is for you. All you have to do is invite him into your heart right now. He's waiting for you. He wants to meet with you. And friend, I am so proud of you. If you just made this decision, I'd love to know you. Shoot me a text to the number in the show notes so I could pray for you. I love you. God loves you. And until next time, I'll chat with you next time. Thank you so much for being here.